0: Divisional weekend has come and gone, everybody, and uh, we're here. We're on episode 57 of YWC Football Talk. And who better to talk uh, divisional playoff football with than the man himself appearing here for the third time from Rogers Sports, Andy McNamara? How are we doing today, Andy? Well, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, a little
1: bittersweet because my Browns are out, but we have the setup for, I think, two classic conference championship matchups this weekend, so I can't wait to watch those. There's still fantasy football to be played. There's real-life football. Then there's free agency, the draft. That's the thing I love about the NFL. It, it, there's only, like, two weeks a year where, where nothing happens. Like, everything keeps going and going. And, uh, boy, you got Buccaneers, Packers, and Bills, Chiefs. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. That's why, like, when I wanted to start a podcast, a foot more or less a football podcast, I was like, football's the one sport that I can talk about year-round. It's the one sport yeah. where there's always chaos. Meanwhile, the stuff like... As big of a hockey fan I am, obviously you and me being two Canadian guys, I like sometimes like to take a bit of a breather from like just watching the sport. And there's an also too when their off season hits, like stuff really like is exciting, but then it just dies down. Meanwhile, with the NFL, I feel like the only kind of not exciting you get's kind of like in that May period right after the draft. But besides that, it's pretty much just all go go go.
1: Yeah, that's it. No, you, you're right. And, and the other. The other sports don't do as good of a job of just making themselves relevant the full calendar year. Like think about the NFL everything is an event. The draft is the biggest spectacle of all the major sports. The combine. like the, the scouting combine, guys running around in shorts and spandex shirts does massive ratings. just huge ratings. You have that, you have free agency there's like there's every step of the way, there's something going on in the NFL, so it's 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 great. It's uh, it was a fun weekend of of games, and um, you know what? We got like when we look at these two matchups, like man, we get Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. Hopefully, Pat Mahomes with the head, you know, you, you hope he plays. But um, like like on paper, these are two. I'm trying to think. Like I'm sure there's been other conference championships in recent memory that have had great matchups but for like both conference championships to be pretty much pickups I don't think we've
0: seen that in quite a while no we haven't like usually sometimes like last year I feel like everyone had a feeling of like look Kansas City's probably gonna beat Tennessee and more than likely San Francisco was gonna handle Green Bay just because of what happened to Green Bay earlier in that year when they went but the other funny thing about these matchups too is both matchups occurred already on the same week of the NFL season week six
1: Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So you got...
1: And it's funny to think about with at this time of year where, okay, what do the two teams take from the first meeting? You know, what do they... How? What stage were the teams at compared to now? Does it make a difference? And to be able to track that, I think is going to be just really interesting. Because, you know, you got the two young quarterbacks versus the two guys who go in the hall of fame you know and, and josh allen and the bills on the rise and the chiefs trying to ward off everybody browns came with them one score man one score of dethroning the super bowl champs but when you're the champs and when you're as good as kansas city is you find a way and it doesn't matter how you do it you find a way they did and now you just got all i'll say this for whatever reason patrick Mahomes cannot play
0: uh, th- this game becomes a whole lot less interesting with Chad Henney. Is that safe to say? <laughs> it, it, it is very safe to say, but I think Sunday also proved not so much like anyone doubting Mahomes' greatness, because we all know he's great, but you could probably plug in any quarterback in the NFL onto that Kansas City Chiefs roster, and just the embarrassment of riches they have on with offensive weapons proves how good that team is, and also too how good of a coach Andy Reid truly is. Um, but with your Browns on Sunday like I, there was parts where I was like rooting for them like they had that great inter- like oh, he had the gimme interception but unlike your other AFC counter, AFC North counterparts I should say where you look at their playoff losses and you kind of go okay where do they go from here you guys if you just add in like some more like maybe a linebacker or two and add in another like safety or even a corner just for depth I honestly could see the Browns maybe winning the North next year
1: uh, I glasses off when I, I look at it for it's it's hard. And, and but when you look at this at this team, think about this as well. The Browns coming into this season, another new head coach, you know, it was the same old thing. Another new head coach, but you didn't have your normal offseason because of COVID to actually train in person to do a proper training camp. Learning a brand new offense on the fly and Baker Mayfield and that team did. And after the bye week, especially, you saw Baker Mayfield, quarterback rating-wise, touchdown-to-interception ratio-wise, was one of, if not the top quarterback in the National Football League on, on a lot of weeks. So now you take that and you say, okay, let's have a normal offseason. Fingers crossed. Everything you know gets back to normal by the next NFL season in the world. You have a full, proper offseason. You make additions on defense. I think the Browns' whole offseason and draft should be around defense. I don't think you really have to do much, if anything, on offense, um, you, you need now. You should be getting Grant Delpit, uh, the safety, second-round safety, who they drafted who tore his Achilles in uh, in in the, the limited preseason action in the uh, the training camp site. So you should get him back. Greedy Williams, cornerback, who missed the whole year with a shoulder injury, should be back. You're going to want to add corners. You're going to want to also. Hey, Olivier Vernon's not coming back. He tore his Achilles, but he was on the last year of his deal. You need. A stud opposite Miles Garrett. You need somebody to free up those double teams on Miles Garrett that will make people pay the price if they do double or triple team him, which Miles Garrett was getting. Pittsburgh triple teamed the man. And he was overcoming all the COVID stuff as well. Um, said he was still on breathing issues weeks later. And so you had a pass rusher, you had another starting corner, you definitely gotta beef up the linebacker core. Um, you have some good young talent there, but you need you need something else there and a safety. So I think if you can Those are all very doable things via free agency and the draft. And the Browns now are an appealing destination. This isn't a place now where guys are going to come to collect a paycheck at the end of their careers like a Willie McGinnis back in the day or lots of other players. This is a place where you think we can come, we can win, we've got the coach, we've got the franchise QB. So you have those factors in and absolutely the Browns are on the rise. And I think out of any of the teams are in the best situation uh, in the AFC North.
0: Also, to the one thing I want to comment on is just the overall growth of Baker. Like I remember, and also to I will admit myself, I had my doubts about him just because there's a whole, whole thing about oh, are they going to pick up his option? Because they have to pick it up, I think, by May 22nd or something like that. Um, Dan Graziano of ESPN was saying fourth and fifth year they have to do it by then. But then people even didn't know that if he was just going to walk. But then this year you saw not only him raise as a, rise up as a leader but his maturity and his confidence. Like, I feel like, and you're right too, you've said this before as you've been on here multiple times, that um, new coach, new system. Like, I even remember Jarvis Landry saying after the first game where it was, look, we didn't have much time to prepare because obviously a lot of teams were handicapped going into the 2020 season just with the limited amount of access they had due to COVID. But the fact that Kevin Stefanski stood up and has made Baker and the quarterback who he is, it's another thing to say. Like, if I had to vote for coach of the year, mine's mine's Stefanski.
1: I think it's gotta be. Yeah. I think it's gotta be. Because you see with Kevin Stefanski, you take the Browns, and we've all seen the graphics here, and I'm so glad the Browns won a playoff game too, so hopefully we can wipe that crap away and I don't have to see it anymore. First playoff first since two thousand two, since playoff first playoff win since nineteen ninety four, hadn't won in Pittsburgh in seventeen years, hadn't beaten uh, Roethlisberger and Tomlin in Heinz Field. They did all that. You overcame it, you slayed the dragon. You overcame it. You turned Chase Claypool into a, 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 a crazy person on social media. He, he's, he's lost his mind. Chase is better better reel it in because he's going off the rails. And so you take all that. You have a front office and a head coach that are finally in lockstep, something that was rare since 1999, both on the same page. Synergy. Quarterback believes in the coach. Players, whole team believes and are bought in. Why? It goes lockstep with winning. 11 games. Like, this This is a team with, again, a few tweaks. You stay free of major injuries, and there's no reason why they just can't win the North but make a serious run to the conference championship.
0: Oh, 100%. The other thing I'll say, too, is Wyatt Teller may be one of the most underrated guards in the <laughs> league right now. Like, I saw Cleveland's yeah. record with and without him. Like, he's one of those difference makers, because people don't realize a lot of the times... And we saw it with Baltimore. I said it last year when Marshall Yonder retired. Mm-hmm. When you lose key guards and tackles like that, it really messes you up. Now, Baltimore's got their offensive line questions. They obviously need a wide receiver one. But with – and also, too, uh, the, I guess health froze over because Justin Tucker missed two field goals in the same game. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I know it makes you laugh, but it's just the twilight zone. Like, that's how crazy yeah. 2020 is. Um, but overall, in all, like when you look at a lot of these teams, like I was saying with the North, obviously Cincinnati, we'll see. But Pittsburgh and Baltimore now, like it's not just hey smooth riding, and the Browns also too for other people playing the Browns, it's not no longer hey oh Browns easy dub. It's hey um, it's gonna be competition.
1: Yeah, and think for Cleveland too, they're not gonna catch anybody by surprise next year either. No, like they're gonna people people are realizing that they are legitimate. Absolutely, the walkover days uh, are, are over. Uh, which is so refreshing, so good. The The days of, you know, I, I talk to people at the different stations and whatever, and people are like, oh, sorry, man. Good luck. I hope you're too. I, I, like, I think the worst thing as a fan is to have people pity your team. <laughs> right? Oh, sorry, man. It's like, yeah, thanks. It's like you have like a relative you're embarrassed about. Yeah, I know. We love him. Yeah, he's a little weird. Uh, it's, it's now a team you can be proud of. It's, it's moving forward. And, yeah, and like Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they, as much as I dislike them as rivals, um, I'll use the word hate. Hate them as rivals. They are good organizations when it comes to building. There's, uh, there's a reason they they're good almost all the time. So Baltimore's going to add their offensive line. You know, Pittsburgh, I think, is super interesting in what you do with quarterback because Ben Roethlisberger, at his current contract, is structured. I think $40 dollars. That can't happen. Do you want him back? If you don't, are you are going to go with Mason Rudolph? Oof.
0: The dead cap's okay. also $22 million if they cut him. Right? Yeah.
1: So what do you do? Like, Pittsburgh's hosed. I don't believe in Lamar Jackson as a franchise quarterback at all, but at least Baltimore has the foundation built around how they want to play their offense. And they have a really good defense. Right? So I think it's less dire there. Than in Pittsburgh, in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow coming back. I, I could see, I, I think Joe is going to be just tremendous. Uh, I I have, oof, boy, that, that guy is, is a, a hell of a quarterback. But, you, you know, you're going to come back off that serious knee injury. Next year, I could see him sort of maybe by the end of the year getting back. And the following year, if health goes, I think the Cincinnati Bengals will be in a better position. Um, they just got to keep building themselves if we're talking about the AFC North you got to improve in so many areas, that offensive line Ooh. and the defense. So maybe for the Bengals, if you go um, the, this year and sort of get those, those surrounding pieces and let Burrow work his way back in, then by the time the following year you do a little bit more, and the AFC North, boy, like that's going to be one of the – it's already one. Three teams made the playoffs. Already one of the most difficult positions in football might, be, might remain that way. Um, with maybe the exception of Pittsburgh, and or Baltimore.
0: Who knows? Yeah, I and mean also, There's, I just say Baltimore, Like, I'm sure they'll get their offensive line figured out. Um, they do, I think, need a new person at center. They Mark Ingram's going. I just think my only yeah. thing is with them, they need a true wide receiver one. Like, Marquise Brown is good, but he's not, like, this all-pro wide receiver level. They need someone who cannot, and I'm not saying exactly be that, but they need someone who, who can be uh, take the weight off of him. Kind of like, I'm going to actually make a Raptors reference. You know how we see the difference between what Pascal was with Kawhi versus last year what he was without Kawhi in the bubble and stuff? Yep. I can yep. see the similar thing with Hollywood Brown.
1: It mm. has to be that complimentary piece.
0: Yes. Right?
1: Which is fine. Like Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh, too. Much better as a number two. Yeah. That's just, that's just different different levels, different talents. Um, and here's the thing with Baltimore. Marquise Brown, and we're seeing frustrations after the season, during the season, right? How's that attitude going to continue? Uh, I think their main problem is you have a quarterback who defenses scheme against the, to throw the ball. They, I have trouble believing that you can have a real franchise quarterback if the strategy by the opposition is to have him throw the ball. Teams want Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. Yeah, That is not sustained success to me, or it cannot be kept up that way. He can run... You know, and and he's athletic as as anything, but we saw got his head banged. You know, got start getting banged up a little bit this year. Team's figuring him out. You don't blitz Lamar Jackson. You contain him. Yeah. You make him throw, then you beat him. Like it's it's it, it, defensive coordinators in the NFL are really smart, and they're gonna keep figuring him out and keep doing that. So I almost don't know. For the Ravens, if investing in a true top-tier wide receiver makes sense, because I don't know if they have the guy who can get him the football consistently.
0: And that's the thing with the free agency market there too, is like who's gonna want to go there? Obviously you're gonna win, but Eric DaCosta's got he's a like obviously Baltimore's got a great history of GM. It's just it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do. And also too, I saw some Bills fans on Twitter on Saturday night going, Oh, Lamar's off to go uh take a number two and then he's gonna come back and win the game. And after I saw the <laughs> replay, I was just like he ain't coming back his head went smack on the turf
1: yeah yeah and you know that's uh that wasn't necessarily because he was he was running just one of those situations right Pat Mahomes got a concussion and, and, and all that it's uh, unfortunately part of playing football it can happen at any time just like guys stepping in the wrong spot you get your leg rolled up on right and, and I just I just feel if you're the Ravens everybody knows you're running and that's that is just a case where, if you take away the middle of the field and you contain Lamar Jackson, dude can't throw consistently to the outside. He just can't do it. No, can't do it. So if if, I, if I'm the Ravens, like as a as a Browns fan, I hope the Ravens give that guy a ten year, five hundred million dollar contract and keep because I don't think he's the real deal. I don't at all. I think it's been a a fun little ride, but it's it cannot be sustain you, you try to put as much pieces around it and we've seen they can get so far you can have really good regular seasons you can as they both win a playoff game but you can't go as far as you need to or want to because of that type of quarterback play baker mayfield we've seen that's the type of quarterback that can do it. big ben of course in his hey that's the type of guy joe burrow that's the type of guy that can do it you know and you look in the other other leagues too Mobile, like mobile, doesn't necessarily mean running. Like Russell Wilson, yep. one of the best uh, future Hall of Famer, he's more slippery. Smart about his running, doesn't look to run first. That's the difference to me. Lamar, it, it's it's like he's still in college. It's one read, uh oh, take off. That's that you cannot be successful long term in the NFL doing that. I think we're starting to see that, and I think we're going to continue to see that.
0: It's also, too, I think Greg Roman's kind of getting figured out. Like He did the same thing with Colin Kaepernick Absolutely. in San Francisco. It's that Greg Roman like yeah. Greg Roman offenses get figured out. And even, too, you're saying yeah. how Lamar, they forced him to throw, just on another subject, wanted to pivot. I feel the same way the Bucs did that with Breeze, and that's how the Bucs won the game on Sunday night, was they forced Drew to throw, because we obviously know his career's probably coming to an end, one of the best yeah. careers in the NFL history. Um, but they, fo- they forced him to throw. We know his arm mechanics aren't what they used to be. And he managed to throw those interceptions. And after the last one, I was like, that's game one. It was like four minutes left. Yeah, that's, a, that's just a comparison I wanted to make where you force someone to do something they're weak at, they're not going to do better. So, And the other thing, too, when you say slippery, Aaron Rodgers comes to mind. Like where he, he's not mm-hmm. slippery, he'll throw it, but he'll also to know, hey, look, he only runs when it's to get away from pressure.
1: Yeah, 100%. Patrick Mahomes as well. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes can run. Aaron Rodgers can run. They don't look too first. Josh Allen developed into that. heck Deshaun Watson. Remember Deshaun Watson when he came out? That dude was was like Lamar. He was running all running first. And what it took for, for poor Deshaun Watson was a collapsed lung, broken rib, and the fact that he, there was there was one game he could not fly on the team plane because of his collapsed lung and the pressure he couldn't take it on, on his lung, so he had to take a bus. After that, we started seeing him more in the pocket. Was he still going to run? Yes, but he was smarter about it. It was more calculated. He protected his body, and then he developed into a tremendous pocket passer, and, and it lived up to, to the hype of what people thought he could be coming out of college. Um, I don't think Lamar has the arm. I don't think he has the arm talent to do to evolve the way like a Deshaun Watson did, and. Boy, that's going to be another interesting off-season storyline, isn't it? What Does Deshaun get traded? Does he pull sort of an NBA James Harden type move I want out and gets his wish? Or is it kind of like old NFL They're just like, well, you're staying, and uh, that's it. <laughs> you know?
0: The one team that I think could pull off the trade for him is the New York Jets, but I don't think Joe Douglas will. I think Joe Douglas either wants to keep Sam Darnold or draft someone. That's that's just me though. That's just that's my take on it. And also, I would love Deshaun just to stay out of the AFC East completely. Ooh. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If you're a Bills fan, you you want mm, you take your chance with Sam Darnold. I like, I, I still like Sam Darnold as a, a quarterback if he could get the right development. Um, who knows if he does? But yeah, you want Deshaun Watson out of that that division, and maybe the Jets think, look, we got a bunch of high picks. You know, maybe it's not Justin Fields that they they spend the pick on if they want to see Sam Darnold. I bet they draft a quarterback somewhere, um, and just try to see because, like Baker, Sam Darnold has been through a ton of different offenses and looks, and he had the mono and this and that. The difference is Baker's got his um, his head coach, his offensive coordinator, and a game plan tailor made to him. Whereas Adam Gase was a complete abomination, and should never even sniff a head coaching job. In, in the National Football League again, I I would question being an offensive coordinator. The guy admitted to not developing Sam Bell. Why was he brought in? He was a quarterback guru, the whisperer. Terrible.
0: From the second I... It's all good, it's all good. And now, like, Seattle's (laughs) apparently inquired about him because they fired Brian Schottheimer. I'm like, if they reunite with him with Jamal Adams, it's going to be, like, the funniest thing ever. Oh,
1: man, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be... No, like you know, Adam Gase needs to go away for a little yeah. while. Okay, come back, take a year. You got your money. Come back as a quarterback coach. Sort of work your way back up, maybe an OC. But uh, I think it's abundantly clear. Peyton Manning, who's a great dude and sings his praises, that's fine. But uh, Peyton Manning made Adam Gase. If Adam Gase has kids or doesn't have kids, if he does have kids, rename them or name them Peyton Manning. Full, full name. Peyton Manning Gase. That's what they should name him because he made his career, his life uh, professionally. With how he played, because we all know Peyton Manning was
0: calling those plays. 100%. Even, too, like, with um, Arians making that snide remark towards be- – but quickly before we go, um, uh, Bruce Arians came out and said, like, oh, I let Brady go, and, like, I- Belichick didn't do that. And I'm just like,
1: <laughs>
0: Bruce, those are comments you shouldn't be making there, buddy.
1: <laughs>
2: That's just <laughs> another situation on its own. I, but
1: I, I just – I cannot wait. To see Brady Rodgers, you know, what? and and honestly, like early early looks, Bucks and Pack, uh, Packers and Bills, Chiefs. I honestly think both these games, if every, you know, assuming Mahomes plays, both are, tr- are true pickups. Yeah. Both are true. Like you, you could, you could make a, a solid argument for or against either outcome, and it would be believable. That, it's going to be fascinating on on Sunday. I can't wait.
0: Um, the only other thing I'm going to say quickly is, as a Patriots fan, part of me wants to see Bills box and then the Bucks beat the Patriots just so Brady can rip the hearts out of Buffalo fans one last time. <laughs>
1: that'd, be, that'd be tremendous. It would go one of two ways. Yeah, it'd be like it would be Brady Jazz and you just can't get away, or the ultimate revenge for the Buffalo Bills to to get rid of Tom Brady. Uh, that boy.
0: Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> oh, it would be. Well, anyway, Andy, uh, it's been an absolute blast getting to talk to you again, man. Can't wait to talk to you as soon as, like, like I said earlier and like you said, we can talk football 24-7, 365, yeah. 12 months a year, you name it.
1: Absolutely, brother. Good stuff. Hey, enjoy the games. You and your listeners enjoy the games. Have a lot of fun. It's, uh should should be two good ones.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Sunday. It's going to be two good ones. And there's also a, happens to be a Leafs game sandwich in there, too, for some reason. Mm. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you very. uh, Thank you uh, once again, Andy, for coming back on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Talk
2: to you later. Bye. Do, did, will. The story of people podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? And Jackie Halawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net-zero carbon-certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.
0: Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters.